and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it, what, three episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. What? Welcome to season two of Kingdom. What a ride. What a ride we're, we're on right now. Yeah, um, the first two episodes, I mean, all three of them, really, but the first two episodes of the second season are so wild and unexpected, and they do so many things. They take so many turns I never expect. There is no, not one bit of this K-drama that has, um has followed any type of, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, template? Like, um, formula to how K-dramas usually go and how <laughs> horrors usually go and how political uh-huh. dramas... You- all The combination of those things, have they've done it. They've completely subverted my expectations. So you're talking, like, story, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, because I was pretty blown away by a lot of the direction that they took. The production felt like it changed, and they were it taking did. a lot more risks this season. There was, like, right at the top of episode two, there was, like, a telenovela zoom in on one of the characters' faces, and I was like, oh, oh, dang, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing soap opera zooms now. I like it. I like that we're trying new things. And I felt like they did a lot of that kind of stuff that it didn't feel, or I don't remember being present in season one. Yeah, um, I can specifically recall the part where they are getting ready to make their night, their midnight run from the capital, uh, or the citadel, or whatever they call it, to mm-hmm. the uh, to find the the Mister Cho. <laughs> Yep. Is that what, yep. is that what we're calling it? <laughs> Cho Hakju? Yeah, Cho, Cho Hakju. <laughs> Mr. Cho. Uh, Mr. Cho from down the lane. Uh, and they were making <laughs> that down the lane run. And uh, as they're walking through the sewers, or are they sewers? Are they going in through the I canal? I don't think so, but yeah, it's I like an know. old canal. Yeah. That makes sense, tease it as a sewer. Yeah, um, and yeah, as they're doing their walk through the canal, and it starts playing, like, kind of a bop. Like, we're watching this yeah. historical oh drama. Oh my god! And they dropped that beat? <laughs> yeah. What? It was what wild. Yeah, I was, like, getting kind of into it, but also it was, again, like I was saying, completely unexpected, and I just didn't... It was a little bit jarring. <laughs> I will say that if we're reviewing it in any way, I will say it's a little jarring. It was mm-hmm. cool as hell. I want everyone to know, writers, <laughs> if you're listening, I want you to know we're it was okay cool. with it. Yeah, but it was a little bit jarring. It did eject me from the story just a little bit because I had to stop and be like, what is, what, is this a, is this a heist film now? Are we watching uh-huh. this like a heist film? <laughs> Is this Ocean's, what are we on, 45 now? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Ocean's 14 million zombies? <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that a lot of times with the choices that they took in directing this season. Which is to say, I think it's been great. It just feels like they're experimenting, and I don't know why the experiment has, like, bled into the actual show that actually aired. Right? Yeah, and then, (laughs) so there's this, all of this experiment that they're just trying out new things. Also, it's season two, and so we got to season two, and they were like, all right, we made it, we made it to the second season, that's all we really needed, we're ready to try new things. Let's go. Let's change it up, which is to say the beginning of episode three, so like all of it's been good, but the beginning of episode three where they do the slow motion reverse fight between the Japanese soldiers and the zombies is the single coolest thing I've ever seen. 
It is so cool. Again, experimental, unexpected, did not know what to think. They haven't started any episodes like this before. Uh, it did also feel like a new fun thing that they just wanted to try out, test, take for a uh -huh. test drive. It was a great test drive. We bought the car. <laughs> we're sold. We're taking it. Give me the keys. I'm going off the lot. <laughs> That's what people say when they buy cars, right? Yes. Give me the keys. I'm going off the lot. <laughs> I've never bought a car before. This is fine. Um, that's exactly what I said when I bought my car. So. <laughs> so, super good. Really interesting stuff. But yeah, like just direction-wise, they've made a lot of interesting choices this season, which I've found very fun, sometimes jarring, but super interesting. And then, yeah, back to your original point. They've also done that with the story. They've kept it interesting, They've kept it, like, every moment is a big reveal, and I don't know how they keep the tension so high. Right, and it is so, so fast-paced, too. So I, that's also where I don't understand how they keep the tension so high, because they're changing what is happening so quickly, because they say they're going to do a thing, and then they do the... They honestly could have spent two, three whole episodes on slowly building up to the fact that uh, the Sangu Citadel or whatever, is, I keep calling it that. Is that what they call it in the show? Did I, I make that so. up? Okay, they do call it that. Okay, so the Sangu Citadel. Sangu? Sang it might be Sangju. Sang it is, Sangju. it's totally Sangju. Raquel cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> The Citadel. We know. Yeah. The, we know. It's where all the people are. Yeah. So they could have done so much more buildup. But in the course of about 10 minutes, they went from we have three days to, uh, or I think it was three days. I don't remember the exact amount of days, but essentially we have three days before we have to start figuring out food sources to we have no days. We're fresh out of days. <laughs> no food. Yeah. What? Yeah, and then the consequences, like, that the guy who dropped his lantern, who's like, I mean, I'd hate to admit it, but this is my bad. But also, I'm going to starve to death in five days anyways, so why not just kill me now? Is like, clearly that's more for our understanding of, like, what the prince is watching and like, his pain on behalf of his people, but I think almost any other drama would have really played out that scene from, like, beginning to end, but they were just like, you don't know what happens to that guy. Maybe, like, I assume he still gets murdered. Like, not murdered. He still gets... Executed? Executed? Yeah. Or maybe they were just like, you know what, you're right, you're gonna starve to death in five days. No biggie, man. That's uh -huh. your con your consequence is watching your kid also starve to death in five days. So that sucks. Yeah. yeah, my brain keeps wanting this show to be, like, the prince stepping in and being like, nobody in my society has to die for just a simple crime. And I appreciate that they're not belaboring the point that, like, that's not what this show is about. It's not about this young prince becoming king and completely overhauling the government. It's just him seeing his people's suffering and being affected by it. It's just hard. My yeah. brain wants him to save everyone. No, I'm the same way. I want him to save everyone, or at the very least, I like... And, I mean, he's done it a few times. I don't know why I want him to keep doing it, but I want to see more <laughs> acknowledgement of the fact that they're playing a different game and the rules have changed. And I think we talked about it in the final three episodes of the first season, where we just think we both agreed it would be nice to see him do something along the lines of, you know what, no consequences for, you know, taking all of the expensive items off of this boat of dead people that you found. Mm -hmm. it, no consequences, just tell us where the bodies are. It matters. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it just, that acknowledgement of, yes, there should be law and order. We can't have, like, a lawless country or whatever. But also, you know, the rules have changed. The game is a different game than it used to be. There didn't used to be zombies. I think that's the main enemy right now. Let's focus on that together. And then we'll reestablish order. But right now it's just chaos. And... And we can't just murder people for accidentally dropping a lantern. Yep. So Whoops. That's Whoops. new society. I don't know. I think they set up our expectations too high with the like our first introduction to his best friend, Mu Young, whose story we will get to, obviously. Oh <laughs> um but starting <laughs> off the show being like Mu Young has been stealing stuff off the king's table or off the prince's table for, like, years. For his cute pregnant wife, he just always steals stuff. And it's kind of a running joke between them that, like, that's fine, but you kind of owe me whenever I want something from you. Besides the fact that I'm the prince and, like, you owe me your life and everything. Like, we've got a little bit of a wink-wink because I know you're stealing from me. And so, like, you watch the prince wander around the country and you're just like, forgive everybody for any crime. Because they're good people. Just forgive them. They're fine. They're good. They're, they're all fine. Good. Okay? It's fine. Just let him do whatever. <laughs> um, before we get into the more intense storylines, can we just give a shout out to top of freaking episode one where we have a Hodor moment? Oh my god. Oh my god. Y'all ever seen Game of Thrones? Do you remember when that show was like peak? When that was like every week we were crying at Game of Thrones and we'd wait all year for the next episode to come out? Uh, I simultaneously miss those times and also, I mean, this isn't a Game of Thrones fan cast or anything, but let's just say it, that final season just ruined everything and... Now, I, the taint, the tainted, uh, the the problems that the final season introduced, you know, it it's kind of tainted the whole experience, right? You look back and it's just mm-hmm. like, I do remember when I did that, when I waited all year, and now <laughs> I feel like a fool. They played me Big for a dumb fool. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then sometimes you remember some of the more beautiful storylines, like Hodor, and you're like, oh. Oh, the heart pain. Yeah. My heart still hurts for that man. Yep. And this was one of those moments, especially because we didn't know who he was in season one. He was not a character. But then, I mean, the very, very, very top of the first episode of the second season, he pulls off some moves and I wanted him to survive so badly when he was out there doing the most to make sure that people were able to get back behind the gates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, holy cow, I was so devoted to him instantaneously. I was like, this guy, <laughs> this guy is so dope. He's gotta live. Mm-hmm. And he did for another 20 minutes. <laughs> they gave us false hope that he was gonna last. and then That he, he would down. become a character, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seemed like maybe Tiger Hunter, whose name I still haven't learned, but for to our credit, I don't think they said it at all this season. No, um, I think they said it a couple times last season, but... Okay, well, I'm not worried about last season. <laughs> I'm worried about this season, Raquel, and he doesn't have a name. So Tiger Hunter boy seemed to know that guy. And they had, like, a little moment when he killed him that I swear to God I was waiting for him to be, like, Abunim, like, father. (laughs) 100%. 100% convinced he was going to whisper father after homeboy said, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's his dad. Yeah. I feel like for sure at some point it will come obviously we now know what happened in the town thank you episode three and that is another (laughs) storyline we definitely need to get into but the town where tiger hunter obviously had loved ones at the very least i don't know if he lived there usually Mm -hmm. or how that all worked um but yeah he clearly had 
uh, kid or at least a kid he cared for there. Um, and I am obviously he knows something went down, but I don't know how privy he is to all of the information of because obviously he didn't know about the people rising from the dead. That was a little yeah. bit outside of his purview, but also at that point, it's kind of like, what did he think the entire town was killed for? Um, not necessarily that it matters, but I guess for my own interest, did he just think that uh, that the people dis- that the soldiers decided to just murder the town to do to do some murders? I don't know. It was, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was part of his quest, is to, like, try and find out why they were all killed. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, I have no idea. But why are all the sick people gone? They're clearly wiped out. I don't like this. Yeah. And, but anyway, yeah, I, so I'm wondering how much he knew of the involvement of that little military faction that followed on, Lord On. Yeah, it seemed like he didn't know anything. Yeah, but also, yeah, that moment was a very, like, like the man apologizing and the tiger hunter seemed to know. So that's, there's so much that happens that I feel, I, I always feel like they're going to circle back on it. And I'm not saying they're not going to. It's just that now the plot has come so far. Uh-huh. From I that one man. remember that until we started talking about it. Yeah. And I would not have put two and two together that that's what he was apologizing for. I would have completely forgotten the whole thing if you hadn't just mentioned it. What? What? Now I want to know. What was he apologizing for? And did did the tiger hunter know? How much did he know? I I have questions. I have questions. Are they going to be answered? I don't know. I don't freaking know. Probably in season Cause... three. <laughs> Because at this point, like, things are moving so quickly. Freaking episode two. We'll we'll try and go in order. Episode two, we get the face-off with the king, where the prince is locked in the king's quarters. So dope. Oh my god. Amazing. And then the flashbacks that the crown prince keeps having to the king telling him he has to live, that he he has to be the one to survive and take the throne. What? So good. Yeah, I feel like that's another like storyline that may never come up, is why the king married the queen. I assume it's like a because the Cho clan was so powerful that the king was kind of forced into this marriage for like power purposes. But and it sounds obviously, like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it, he has had an heir, maybe needed the spare. Who's to say? Mm, but just That's a good point. Maybe. But, yeah, as you were saying. But why her? I don't think it's a question that really matters, so I don't think it'll come up. Yeah. But, but clearly that entire family has issues, and obviously <laughs> you don't expect anyone's issues to run as deep as starting a massive country-destroying zombie plague. You don't think that anyone's going to take it that far, (laughs) but they clearly have been taking things very far for a while now, so... Yeah. Yeah. Freaking... Ugh. Yeah, I think that was episode three where we got the reveal about Lord On and why he worked with Lord Cho for this zombie apocalypse thing i don't know how to feel i don't want to feel anything about them yeah i get it but it's it's bad yeah and it's crazy because what lord cho his reasoning for being totally cool with uh you know doing the zombie zombies fight the japanese people um, the Japanese soldiers, his reasoning behind it, I think, was mate. Was it supposed to sound like a villain speech? Because it totally did. <laughs> but the way he said it, and the way that Lord On reacted, made it seem like it was supposed to be very noble that he wanted to protect the traditions of the uh, royal family. And 
to me, I'm just like, I'm sorry, the royal family ain't shit without the rest of the country. I think it's a lot more noble to want to fight for the little people, because the little people, I mean, it's that thing where obviously, like, villains don't give a shit, and that's what makes them villains, but it's just so confusing to me the way the information was presented in a way that I felt like I was supposed to be, like, oh, good point. (laughs) And I just, I wasn't. I think that it made him sound like fucking a Disney villain, like, like, goddamn Jafar. That dude... (laughs) Doesn't give a shit about anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. I think it felt to me very, like, obviously, what do I know about history? Very, very little. It felt, like, historically accurate, if that is fair to say without knowing anything. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it felt like a moment of, we can always rely on our king to repopulate the country. So, like... What does it matter if all the little people die as long as we have our leader? And, like, glad we're getting past that now. I still think maybe there's a way to go as far as society thinking some people's lives are more, like, intrinsically valuable than others. But as far as this show, I get why maybe to Lord On it sounded a lot different than it did to you and I. Yeah, I do get that. It's it's just so weird to yeah, have that moment where me as a person listening, I'm just like, um, no, that's a shitty reason to do anything. <laughs> that makes me like your idea less. <laughs> it was a, always a bad idea, and now it's worse. <laughs> Thank you, goodbye. Ugh. Yeah. I I'm frustrated that Lord Cho is still alive. Like, I appreciate a villain that can survive, but god dang, he bit your face off. Okay, is that not something that can kill you now? Oh, that dude is definitely gonna die, and I feel like the queen is gonna bring him back or something as a zombie. I don't- I'd be curious. I would take that bet that she would not bring him back, because I think she hates him. Yeah, what if she just feeds him to people that she hates and makes them into zombies? <laughs> mm, like feeds him people? Uh, no, feeds him to people when he dies, because he's got the kind that will just oh. kill him. He doesn't, oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah. Danny. But he can pass on the disease. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. She makes some, some good, good beef stew yep. and gives it to her favorite enemies. Yeah, that AKA feels like something. Freaking detective agency that's like, hey, don't don't murder people. Oh don't my murder god, babies. that is such a stressful storyline. That is an unbelievably stressful storyline because I am. Um, I think that maybe the detective that's investigating what's going on is second only to the crown prince in my heart at this point. <laughs> Because he knows the dangerous task of investigating the queen for murder of multiple women and children, and he is still doing it. He's still, he fully knows his life is both on the line and it is extremely perilous to even ask questions, even Mm -hmm. if you aren't, um fully investigating or, you know, walking in to find evidence at the royal palace, at the queen's palace. Um, It's, like, the most dangerous possible situation he could put himself in. And he still is out there saying, the justice is worth it. And I love him. And he's sending out his best boys. Like, you know that it's... He's not the guy that's just, like, sending out pawns to die. He's very much like, we're all in this together, detective agency boys. We're going to investigate the queen, and we're probably all going to die in the process. But it is for justice. It is for righteousness. It is for our country. And, like, dang, slow clap. I'm sorry you're all going to probably die. Especially at the queen's hand. But, like, we love to see it. We love to see this 
audaciousness. Ugh, the queen sitting in her stupid nest. I freaking love it so much. I love her stupid nest. Yeah, she... I hate her so much, but she has so much style. Mm-hmm. Like, what is, th- what is this whole season for the queen? She's living it up. Yeah. Just sitting... in the spookiest. Waiting for her prince to be delivered to her. She doesn't even have to go through labor. Ugh. Are you kidding me? Oh, I love a good villain, and she's getting better and better every day that her father is gone. Yep. She only grows in power. Her hair is full of secrets. <laughs> That's why it's so big. <laughs> Do you, uh, Are we... Sorry, are we ready to talk about Moo Young, or is there other stuff that we should get out of the way ahead of talking about Moo Young? Is my heart ready? I think we're ready to talk about Moo Young. Um, oh. Okay, so... Really quick, let's do some episode layout planning on air right okay. here, right now. Okay, so we could talk about the sad stuff with Moo Young and how we're feeling and go through, you know, the play-by-play first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then follow up with some lighthearted shitting on uh, Bomb Pal. Oh. Or we could shit on Bomb Pal first. <laughs> and then get sad with Moo Young. Let's start with Bomb Pal, because I have very little to say. Okay. Um, I All I really want to say is how fucking wow. over that spineless piece of shit I am. Because we had in our bonus Do We Ship It episode, I don't know how much we talked about it in our actual episodes, but we're, we had high hopes for that boy, mm-hmm. that he... He would turn it around. He would look at this amazing woman in front of him and be like, I like her to the extent that I will change who I am. Like, Sobe needs nothing from me. And she is absolutely getting nothing from me. But perhaps if I, like, step up and become a person, she will like me. And, and rely like, on me. Yeah. None of that. None of that is happening. Bud. Yeah, he's just episode after episode. Wow, that was tough. Um, Episode (laughs) after episode, a complete nightmare um, that just keeps nightmaring. And I'm Mm -hmm. so done with him. I'm, I'm, he got his last chance with me. Honestly, he could die tomorrow. He could die episode (laughs) four, season two. And, that would be a lot less impactful to me because he's offering nothing. Because uh, mm-hmm. he's not even a full villain. He's just an idiot. He's just a lackey yeah. that shows up and does something extremely fucking inconvenient. <laughs> and then says, I don't know. Like, shrugs, shrugs his shoulders like he never had a choice in the matter. Like, he mm-hmm. knows that it's stupid and wanted to do it anyway because that's just what he's fated to make the world's dumbest decisions and (laughs) he seems fine with that i hate Uh him so much (laughs) yeah he's definitely one of those like like you said shrug his shoulders he has no capability or like want even to think outside of everything that he's ever known which is hard to watch as a TV viewer. Like, we want from our protagonists that they they want to change the world that they're in. And so to see this character that's probably there to act as a foil for everybody else who's like, I'm of the Cho clan. I've always been told that, like, I have a certain amount of power, which is way above what I deserve, and that I will always be protected as long as I just crawl back to the Chokeland every opportunity that I have. And it's like, yeah, you're doing that. It's just really frustrating when everybody else, like you said, is in this world that has completely changed. The whole world is different. So they're all acting outside of their usual, like, scope of what, what they thought they were capable of. And you're just... In the status quo of, like, something goes wrong, I'll go find a Cho. 
It's like, bud, I don't... I think that's one of the scenes that, like, back at the beginning when we were talking about uh, scenes that weren't played out that we thought were going to be was them walking through the mountains, Bone Pal and Sobe. Like, they get to the top of the cliff and they're like, we're going to have to hike through the mountains for the next few days. And then they're just at Lord Cho's house. Yeah, they just teleport because the writers clearly have no patience or time for the actual journey (laughs) of what's Uh going on. But it could have been, yeah, I guess if this was a normally paced K-drama, that could have been, you know, a character growing experience that lasted an episode or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. I fully expected it to be. Yeah, same. And and then just nothing. And he still hasn't learned. And he shows up and Lord Cho treats him like shit. And he just acts really bewildered. And then we move away from that. And then he later acknowledges that what Lord Cho did was unbelievable. But is still like, you know, he deserves more than just, you know, dying and like suffering and dying which fair whatever that was an okay stance but now you have acknowledged that what he did was really fucking messed up and you still the first moment he gets enough breath to tell you to go do something scramble to go do it's just i can't believe it i cannot believe the lack of character growth that we got from him i expected him to be <laughs> the most dynamic character out of everyone. I expected everyone, you know, like, everyone to change in this new and changing world and evolve and whatever. But him, of all people, I expected him to kind of, yeah, be the one that shows that the Cho clan, um, I don't know. Yeah, and and almost like, uh, uh, like, his disbelief at the actions they're taking, I guess push that even more so into the they've gone kind of beyond the pale right because even someone who is part of their clan does not condone what they are doing and it's because he's learned and grown outside of just yeah being a cho and he hasn't and he just he's (laughs) he has been instead of the most dynamic character that i expected him to be he has been almost entirely static he has changed the least out of everyone. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I even care that he hasn't changed as a Cho. That he's like not pushing against those, um, like boundaries. I guess I fully expected and wanted to see um, Sobe's status change in his mind, like. I know this is expecting way too much from a historical drama where everyone's like, woman, woman knows things. And it's like, her name is Sobe, for one thing. She's super smart. She has saved all of you a lot of times. And, like, she seems pretty vital to all of the storylines at this point. She knows literally everything that's going on, and they're still like, woman, come. Come, woman. And I'm like, stop. Okay, stop. I'm gonna throw up. But you'd think with so much time spent with her that he would start to kind of break down those societal barriers of, like, she's a lower class and she's a female. Like, those things instantly put her very far below me societally. And I was waiting for him to start to be like, no, I, like, ask her questions. I ask her opinion on things. I talk to her just because I want to talk to her. Like, we've been through so much together. She has saved me countless times. She's a person that I trust and that I respect. And I know that's weird to everybody else, so maybe I'll be weird about it, like, in front of other people. But, like, that could be his storyline, is, like, balancing his respect, his newfound respect for her with, like, how people watch his interactions with her. I don't know. I'm overthinking this. But, like, he's giving us nothing. Like you said, it's still the storyline is just, like, is he gonna change as a Cho and his interactions with his family? Nope. 
Just so you know, nope. Don't even think about him changing his interactions with a female. That doesn't, that doesn't, isn't even on the radar of yeah. this show. All she is to him is, I guess in his mind, a potential bride. Uh, enough so that he's willing to, you know, get jealous, uh, follow her around like a puppy dog. But when push comes to shove, like, there's no change in his actual personality. He just is a dumb little puppy. Yeah, I thought, I fully expected that when um, Lord Cho whispered something to him, that he would go talk to Sophie about it. And I guess I'm the idiot. We all are here. um, (laughs) Because, yeah, we've expected too much from him. And, yeah, I just can't. And now that you've pointed it out, it was frustrating, but now that you've pointed out that really they only ever refer to her as the woman, except occasionally Bompal will say her name, but not, you know, in any actual capacity that matters, but just Mm -hmm. when he's talking to her. (laughs) Cool. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Even with Mu Young's dying breath, again, we'll get to it, but even with his dying breath, he calls her the woman physician. Which, is that, is that nice? Is, Is that an upgrade from, like, the nurse because i don't know it feels pretty bad because i'm pretty sure you all have spent enough time that you could be like physician so be yeah yeah because everyone refers to her dead boss who started this shit and then got killed by it yeah everyone refers to him as physician whatever his name is i don't remember Uh i can remember her name we're the opposite of everyone else (laughs) Okay, we respect <laughs> women. Okay. Yeah. A hot take from Play on K. <laughs> I know you wouldn't expect it from us, the last people you would expect, but we actually do respect women here. Here we respect women on Play on K, so <laughs> if you don't, kindly never let us know because we don't want to hear it. <laughs> Just don't let us know, it'll hurt our feelings, okay? We <laughs> won't do anything about it, but... Gosh darn it, it'll make us real bummed out. I'll probably block you on, like, Instagram or something, but but that's Fair. about the extent of it. Block, block, block. <laughs> um, good chat. Should we get to the sad stuff? Yeah. Round yeah, us out. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll end the show with some good sadness. Um, so I can't really envision what this show is going to be without Moo Young. Um... Uh, But I think the most heartbreaking thing about the whole thing was the prince telling the tiger hunter exactly why he didn't do anything, even though he knew that he had been betrayed. Did you know when the the prince, like, confronted Mu Young and was like, hey, I know it was you that's telling Lord Cho where we are. And Mu Young was like, me? What do you mean me? You can't trust me? I was fully convinced. I don't know if I'm just gullible. Did you see right through that? Um, it seems like there's something where he also, along the lines, said, I can't remember. It's been, it's actually been a minute since I watched the first episode of the second season. But I I also remember along the lines of him, like, he did say you couldn't, uh, you can't trust me, but he... Wasn't there a conversation where he pretty much said, yeah, I kind of had to let them know where we were going because I have a wife and child to think about or something? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe that was a different conversation they had in a different episode. It just seems like he kind of owned up to it. But then that was later. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because, yeah, the first conversation they had about it, I was just like, I don't know. I was ready to believe Moo Young because he, I mean, there wasn't anyone else that could have done it. Bompal was too obvious. Um, but also, at the same time, I don't know. I just wanted, I wanted him to be the king's dude through and through, I think, yeah. a little too much. But I think we mentioned last time that it was real sus that his wife was staying at the queen's place. For sure. We did. We talked about um, how he could be passing information along accidentally, like 
to his wife and she's giving information because she maybe doesn't know how politics should be working. Um, sorry to not give you enough credit, Moo Young's wife. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think there was a couple of things that we kind of thought, like, or yeah, it, but we did definitely, both of us were like, oh no, yeah, she's... She's definitely she's there. Yeah, she's definitely, I guess, the key in this. Um, I did not know that he was pretty much just that one general's little bitch. Yeah, and that his wife was being held hostage there. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. That's, it does, and it makes it good. more respectable that he tried. But also, it's, yeah, one of those things where at that point... I think you have to give the prince the benefit of the doubt when the bad guys clearly have uh, made no bones about murdering your pregnant wife before your eyes. I think at that point you kind of put your trust in the crown prince and his ability to, like, um, win, you know? Because either way, you're kind of a goner, it feels like. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. What would I do if my pregnant wife was, like, being held hostage and I was pretty sure? Like, you just kind of have to hold out hope that if you get Lord Cho back to the queen or the palace or whatever, that they will release your wife and you will stand on the wrong side of history, but at least you'll have your sweet, sweet, sweet family. I mean, they obviously... I feel like they played us in a lot of ways because they gave us that, like, um, they gave us the hint that his wife was at that place and that he might be betraying the prince. That was, like, the season one. And then season two, they're like, definitely his wife's being held hostage. This is not a good situation. But kind of the way he said goodbye to her felt a little bit weird, where I was like, does he love his wife? Or is she, like, a pawn that he's using? Because their interaction was so odd to me. Yeah, it felt like loving... I don't know. I guess I bought into it because I have very little esteem for how women were treated in history and how um, love even worked at that point in time because I feel like... I bought into it because he was like, I love a wife that takes care of me and does stuff for me. And he, that is why he kind of, or I, that was like a moment where she said, I love to take care of you essentially. And he was like, ah, where did I find, how did I get so lucky to have a wife that loves me and takes care of me so good? And I was like, that tracks, that's in line with history. He really does think that she's the best wife ever because she makes him food, even though she's heavily pregnant. Um, that's history, so. <laughs> that's fair. I think it felt really, like, cold the way he said it, and probably that was just another aspect of just historical accuracy, where you're not gonna be over the moon professing your love to your wife as you leave her. Yeah, or, like, holding her. Really, all yeah. she gets is a little stomach touch. Mm-hmm. And like a, thanks for being my wife. Oh my god. When he said like, thanks for taking care of your foolish husband. I was like, oh, that's a sweet little silly line. And then he says it again to like the prince. He's like, sorry for all my foolishness. That broke me. Yeah. Honest to God. I don't know why the word foolish and this this man, this beautiful strong broken man thinking that he's just a little foolish was like everything that my heart needed to be destroyed but it was yeah i was so i i so this the just um sadness and darkness of this show has kind of set i think my emotions up to not be completely broken when stuff like that happens but Boy, howdy, was it like losing a friend. And like I said, I can't really imagine um, this show without him. I, we're kind of running out of good guys, right? We've got the crown prince, the tiger hunter, and the... Uh, so be. So be. Um, 
Oh, and I guess now we've got my other, my second, my second heart, the detective who's about to die. So, <laughs> uh huh. We've maybe got Mu Young's wife, but I'm pretty sure she's dead already. Yeah, they're gonna get rid of her very immediately. They were holding up her baby boy, like the prize prince that he is going to become. Which is kind of cool. Like, I know it's the darkest part of this story thus far, but Mu Young is gonna be freaking daddy of the king. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, so the one thing where I'm, like, a little bit hesitant is I just can't, is the queen actually going to treat that child well at all? I mean, in one sense, maybe, because... He is her ticket to keeping power. But in a much more real sense, she's clearly an absolute sociopath with no esteem yeah. for other human beings. And, um, I like this child who is not her own child. I don't even know how good she'd do with her own child, right? But with someone else's child, I feel like that kid is bound for a terrible life. Yeah, I feel like any queen in her position, would have no obligation to have any interaction with that baby. That's true. So I, I don't expect that they will interact much, um, besides, like, the reveal, I would guess. Um, hopefully he's got a better chance. We will imagine a better life for him if he's partially removed from the queen. Yeah, what if... Um, the crown prince, you know, dispatches the queen and the Cho clan and everyone, and he just raises Mu Young's baby to be a prince. Yeah, God, I hope he doesn't, like, dispatch her and send her off with her baby. That don't. That won't be a thing, right? Because Mu Young pretty much straight up told him, go ask C.O.B. what's going on. And so he will for sure go ask her what's going on, right? Because we have so much respect for her here. He has respect for women, right? I I feel like he's the one... Like I said, I feel like I'm holding the prince to way too high a standard. But he's the one that I secondarily hoped would respect Sobi. And he's very much keeping his princely position and being like, female physician has something to say. Which is like, bud, bud... We all know her name, okay? Say her name, say her name. Please, for the love of God. Um, He was the first person to believe her, so... Yeah. I'll give him that much. I'll give him that much toward his respect for women. He believed you get her. one point. One punch on your respecting women punch card. <laughs> okay, you gotta get up to ten before we let you in the play on K-Fan Club. <laughs> I think the prince wants in. I think think he's going to start respecting women. He's doing everything else right. So once he starts respecting women, and it does not count if the beautiful woman who stars in the movie about all of this uh, comes along, because she's the highest paid actress. Of course, he's going to fall in love with her. You have to respect women (laughs) you aren't in love with. That is part of respecting women. If you respect (laughs) one woman and it's because... You're in love with her. That's not respecting women. That's being in love. Okay. Doesn't count. Just call Sobe by her name one time. We would give you so many punches. Okay? (laughs) Then you can be in our fan club. He's already subscribed to the Patreon. So, like, we know he's a fan. We know he is. Thanks for subscribing to our Patreon, sir. Thank you. He's a happy award winner. But... (laughs) It's not enough. We got to see more from the prince. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else that you that we need to talk about that you that you we you we, you and I the two of us <laughs> need to talk about? I did not. We hit all of my notes. Awesome. I hope we didn't miss anything. I think we did a good job. Pat ourselves on the too. back as usual. <laughs> We're really nailing this podcast thing. (laughs) Thanks to everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. If you want to talk more to us about um, just this drama or anything really, 
Give us an email at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can give us a short hey, a short review on Twitter at playonk or on Instagram at playonkpodcast. Yeah, um, we also have our website. If you go to playonk.com, you'll find a place to sign up for our newsletter. You will find links to our affiliates. You will find so many things linked to our Patreon. Um, Our affiliates are Skillshare and NordVPN and Blueberry Podcasting. And if you use any of our links and let them know you know, play on K sent me, it helps us out and you get a cool thing out of it because all of those things are super dope and we use all of them. Yeah. And you just let them know by using our links from our website. That's all you need to do. Yeah. So we, yeah, we have a link to our Patreon on our website, but you can also go to patreon.com slash play on K to get access to all of our bonus content. Or just let us know you're listening and that you appreciate our stuff and you want to support us. Keep the lights on around here. We have a $1 Bus Stop Girl Award winner tier, as well as a $5 Happy Award winner tier for those who want access to all of our bonus content goodness. Yeah, yeah, so go check that out. And then finally, you can find our episodes most places that you stream podcasts and if you're listening now you are streaming our podcast somewhere and uh on most platforms you are able to rate review subscribe or some combination of those three things and anything that you do toss our way out of that helps us out a bunch um well i mean anything that's like a five-star rating helps us out a bunch but you know do what's in your heart i guess but please don't try (laughs) to hurt us uh anyway um that's like the Easiest way you can help us for complete free, and it helps other podcast, uh, K-drama podcast listeners find us. Yeah, thank you as always for listening. We will be back with the finale of season two next week. Yeah, K-bye.